Hello, and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and welcome to the show. Today, I continue with Nonstop November. Today is day six in our everyday trek through the month of November. If you've been here for the last several days, including the bonus shows, thank you for hanging with me. If this is your first time joining in, I hope it's not your last and you subscribe and come back again and again. Tonight's episode, episode 29. Can you believe I'm up to episode 29? So episode 29, election 2020, day four, sifting through the wreckage. Now, we've got more wreckage to talk about than just the election, so I'm going to take a detour to some other stories to just palate cleanse us a little bit. Just like yesterday, I gave you a little bit of tea on the housewives, so same thing. We're going to talk about a couple of other things that just happened to deal with some wreckage uh, as well, but... Um, we can't end it without talking about the election, of course. But let's start by following up with a story that I did earlier this week as it relates to uh, movie star, 57-year-old Johnny Depp. Now, earlier this week, I told you all in a follow-up to a story a month ago that he, the case that he had for libel against the Sun, which is a tabloid in the UK, has been dismissed. He lost that case. The judge found that the Sun was not liable uh, for calling him a wife beater based on the allegations made by his ex-wife, Amber Heard. Unfortunately, I think what hurts him in that case, not just the fact that he, uh, not just the fact that the son was exonerated, and of course he's going to appeal, but not just that the son was exonerated, but as I discussed earlier this week, so please go back and listen to the episode, the standard of proof there is a bit different in that the court has to essentially make two findings, or at least they have to make an initial finding before they determine whether or not there was libel in the situation. And the way that their standard of proof works is that the court makes a determination as to whether or not they believe that the individuals involved, uh, the individuals who wrote the story, were telling the truth. And if the court makes a legal finding that they were telling the truth, then they're not going to make a finding of libel against them. So the court found after all the dust cleared and all the allegations and famous people sending depositions or coming in and out of court, that they actually believed that there was truth to 12 of the 14 allegations, and they were varying allegations of varying degrees that Ms. Heard made. Therefore, the son was not liable for calling him a wife beater when telling that story or reporting on the story in whatever manner they did. So the fallout seems to be fairly immediate. Uh, and, and one of the issues, it's interesting because one of the stories that I was reading, I believe the Guardian may have touched on this, they were wondering if 
this would impact his role in the Fantastic Beasts because as we know the Pirates of the Caribbean series is ended that was a trilogy they finished that so that's not an issue but he was also playing a role in the Fantastic Beasts series and they have a third installment of that series coming up now, for those of you who may not follow fantasy films and all of that, and I don't really watch them, but my kids do and read all the books. So, you know, I, I stay in the know. That is a, that series is a spinoff of the Harry Potter series. So it was announced today, both by Warner Brothers and by Johnny Depp himself, that Warner Brothers asked for his resignation from the movie and pretty much divorced himself from the role he was playing in the movie he did so without a fight and and i'm sure he probably saw the writing on the wall he did so and warner brothers has announced that the role will be recast which uh, given the character that he plays it kind of have to the the film is currently in production but they don't and it was set for 2021 but now they're talking 2022 and honestly i don't think that that necessarily has a whole lot to do with Depp. i think that the fact that the movie is being isn't coming until 2022 now um recasting his role is easier because there's more time whether it's to reshoot or edit scenes that he's already done if any or to film him in its entirety. But ultimately, I think that the fact that the movie has been pushed off for, till summer 2022 has less to do with Depp and more to do with the fact that there are several movies, especially the big budget blockbusters like the Marvel movies, et cetera, that, are, that uh, studios are trying to push out as long as possible because they know that these movies have an audience that's going to come back whether they put it out this year next year or three four years from now um you know kind of like for instance the black panther that was what two years ago three years ago and we knew then that the next installment wasn't going to come out until at least 2021 and again um, that's not even a certainty and it, and that has nothing to do with the death of Chadwick Boseman because the movie is already filmed it is more about the fact that right now since people can't really go into movie theaters in Moss due to COVID restrictions studios are concerned about losing shit tons of money compared to what these movies cost to make. Yeah, they might make a billion dollars when they, once all the dust clears worldwide, but they're spending three and $400 million at least to make them. And the bigger the blockbuster and the better the first one does, then the bigger the budget and the stunts and the explosions and all of those things are going to be out uh, attempting to outdo themselves for the next one. And that's fine because when they do it well, it's pretty damn extraordinary. There's a reason why people go and continue to see these movies because they they are there is nothing 
like them when they're good. So that is what it is. But uh, long short, I think that it has a whole lot more to do with just butts and seats and studios not continuing or, well, hemorrhaging money is going to happen no matter what, but uh, to try not to hemorrhage as much. They're already losing money on the front end. They're trying not to lose quite as much on the back end. So that is where we are with that. Oh, and just as a side note, this is probably too in no small part that they already have at least one problematic person associated with this project that unfortunately they can't get rid of because she wrote the books, which is J.K. Rowling herself, J.K. Rowling herself, the uh, famed author of Harry Potter and now the Fantastic Beast series because she has just said a lot of out there things. She has some extreme views and it's not just that she has come out as a Trump supporter, but she's just espoused some rather extreme statements on social media and et cetera. Um, she's one of those people that has, remember, this is someone who went from writing books, living in their car to then becoming one of the most famous and probably richest authors in the world. So there may be some part of her that, um, in her extremism and, and also she's not American and, and, um, probably not aware of the sensitivities of how Americans tend to be so touchy, but she, she is uh, probably an exercise in extremes on both ends of things, both being really, really poor at one point and then really, really rich. She's also, um, she's also not American as well, again, in terms of Americans being rather thin-skinned and uh there is some uh i think that there's just a lot of what am i looking for i think she's out of touch despite the fact that she's been poor and been rich i, I think that she's just out of touch and certainly out of touch with her audience and especially the parts of her audience that are um the, the, certainly part of her American audience. Now, granted, she has worldwide fame, so she didn't really have to give a crap specifically about her American audience, but it is uh, studio, American studios that are pumping in the major bucks and turning her books into movies. So again, they've already got one problematic per person attached, and in her case, they can't get rid of her. So why have two when they can just recast it? Again, it's not like, you know, they're recasting Robert Downey Jr. or someone that, I mean, sure, Johnny Depp has his cult following, but, and he was at Edward Scissorhands and all that other stuff, but, you know, he's not Kevin Costner, he's not Denzel Washington, he hasn't, uh, hasn't secured that Oscar yet, and, eh, you know, it's sad, but... It's not like it, it, they're replacing his character on Pirates of the Caribbean. That would be a different situation. Okay, so next in kind of sifting the wreckage, and this is literally, if, and I'm gonna just say this, 
if there's an undersea COVID on the ship, I'm not mad at it just because stupid, wasteful things just make me want to go. If you get down there and you can't see anything because the water's too black, good for you. So have you ever thought about going on an undersea excursion so that you can look at the Titanic? You know, the ship that sank in 1912 where 1,500 or more people died and people are endlessly fascinated with it to the point of even romanticizing it, a la that, gosh, damn near, or maybe it was three-hour movie. I don't even know because I, I watched sort of the beginning and the end. I couldn't stick around for most of the middle. I knew how it was going to end anyway. Um, well... If you are interested, and by now you should know I'm talking about the Titanic, and if you can't hear it, I'll tell you, my eyes are rolling up in my head. So starting in May of 2021, rich people with money to burn will be able to visit the Titanic wreckage. According to the president of Ocean Gate Expeditions, there are some, there's no bodies and bones. I was going to say there are, there are not. There's no bodies and bones down there, but there are shoes and clothes. So, I mean, I guess at least you can see what the bodies and bones were wearing. Weird, morbid. Okay. So as I said, the Titanic sank back in 1912, but there has just been this endless fascination with it. I think it, I mean, it's, it's almost like, with Geraldo and Al Capone's tomb. I mean, it has been constant, at least my whole life, and I'm sure in many lives before me. So what's going to happen is starting around May 2021, and I think they've already done a few of these, there's going to be a series of six dives, supposedly for research. Okay, since you can't see me, I'm putting some air quotes around the word research. Um, so there's going to be some research missions to examine the life around the wreckage and create 3D models of the debris as if that's needed. Do, do we need another 3D model of the Titanic? I think they have those in museums or something. And those not those missions will each have a, a spots available for nine, I'm using my air quotes again, mission specialists unquote, <laughs> to come along and, well, you got to pay for that, right? So let me tell you, it is for the low, low price of $125,000 per person. See, it's not much. You'll also have a six-day ride on a boat. They don't say it's a cruise ship. Some kind of boat out of Canada. You'll have a private cabin on that for six days so that you could get to the ship. And then once you, I'm sorry, so that you can get to the craft. Once you're at the craft, there is a submarine where you are going to descend and you will even get the opportunity to steer the submarine a little bit. But unfortunately, just in case you thought you were gonna be able to dive in and walk on the deck, you will not be able to actually get out of the submarine you know, because you got to know that there's some people who probably want to. You're not going to be able to get out of the submarine once you get the 2.4 miles down. Um, you'll just be down there to look and survey because you're on a fact-finding mission. You're a specialist. And by the way, 
at least half of the three dozen people who have already booked this have also booked the $250,000 package to go on Virgin Airlines when they go into space. You know that uh, Virgin Galactic flight that uh, Richard Branson has been talking about and selling for years? Well, these several of these thrill seekers have already paid for that as well. So if you do it, you will be in great company because you know, the people that you're rolling with, they like to spend money just like you. So now to the wreckage that's current that I know you've all been waiting for. Probably not really, right? The election. So where are we? Well, there has been some pretty damn interesting developments since last night. I got to tell you, it's been quite a just quite a red letter day. And I, I've got to tell you, they're talking about $125,000 to go under the sea. If I had $125,000, I'd probably willing to pay at least 50 of it to be a, a fly on the wall just to watch the antics that are going on in the White House right now, because it has got to be nothing short of, uh, it, I, I don't even know what it's like, but we know it's bad. I mean, just think about the most batshit crazy moments that could possibly be going on where someone is just tantruming out to the highest degree. And I am sure that that is what is happening with President Trump right now. I mean, foaming at the mouth, stark raving mad and you combine that with team no sleep and it it has got to be a mess i mean if he if he was a woman and this was 75 years ago they would probably sedate him because that is how bad it is they would say that he was suffering from hysteria because we see it. If the press conference last night didn't prove it, the tweets that just keep getting more and more incendiary. And quite frankly, you have uh, commentators who are in, who have been in touch with people in the White House all day that just uh, said that it is bad. And yes, people are starting to actually look for jobs. I don't know why they weren't already. Uh, because who's, who's going to hire you? A lot of people usually will roll over sometimes in administrations, but not in his because he didn't want people around him who knew what the hell they were doing. That's part of the madness with controlling him because they don't know how to do it. He just put a bunch of sycophants around him. So there, so that's part of the issue. And as of, I guess, maybe about 30 to 40 minutes before I came on the air with you all, and right now it's 10.17 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday, November 6th, uh, the White House had pretty much put a lid on the press. They sent the entire press corps home. They're just kind of hunkering down. And quite frankly, they should. 
Because if you're going to be trying to mount legal challenges and coming up with a strategy for how you are going to win this election, you need to just hunker down with your strategist, stop acting like a crazy person who just discovered social media and do that. So where are we? Well, as of last night, as we knew, he was, uh, uh, President Trump was still winning North Carolina, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. We knew that Georgia and Pennsylvania's numbers were narrowing, but he was still winning. I think the last we uh, yet as of yesterday evening, or really yesterday late night, probably around midnight, he was still leading in Pennsylvania. I think it had narrowed to maybe about twenty thousand. Georgia was still fairly high. I mean, he was leading by probably about 70,000. Arizona, Joe Biden was at uh, about 48, 49,000. Nevada, Joe Biden was at uh, a little around 8,000. And that was that was pretty much where we are. Alaska, it never comes in until later and it's usually Republican. So it's kind of like California. You know it's going to go blue. You just wait for them to close their polls so you can declare. Okay, so that was that. This morning, woke up to a whole new ball game because apparently Georgia and Pennsylvania, well, Pennsylvania for sure. I know that Georgia at one point Certain counties closed down, but apparently not all of them. Pennsylvania has just been going through the night because they have so many votes that they, I guess they just felt like they couldn't afford to stop. And the Secretary of State of Pennsylvania, as well as the governor, have been given such a hard time by the Republicans and particularly the Trump operatives that they're like, screw it, we just want to get this done. So especially with there being protesters outside and uh, there was a scare last night, there was a Hummer left out there um, that comported with a threat about a Hummer and that was going to be, uh, I think, maybe possibly explosives or something like that. But it, it turned out that it was credible in the sense that the fact that there was a Hummer matched the intelligence that they received that was abandoned outside the convention center. And there was later two individuals. They don't, it, that right now doesn't seem to be clear if there's a connection between them and the Hummer, but the bottom line is two individuals with guns who were near there as well. So there are certainly safety concerns as well as, again, just the overall craziness and the fact that uh, the Trump operatives are constantly dragging the Secretary of State of Pennsylvania into court. So they just want to get it over and they were going through the night and boy did they because we woke up this morning and the world was entirely different. Not only was Joe Biden now leading Pennsylvania, but he was leading Pennsylvania by, as of this morning, uh, maybe about 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. And as the day has gone on, the number has gone up. There's There was a little bit of backtracking, just a pinch, because there was a small Republican county that needed to be counted in there. But for the most part, 
these votes are coming from um, heavily Democratic districts. Uh, the early, there were early voting, absentee voting, but again, all still mostly coming from the same areas, the areas in and around Philadelphia, the Philadelphia suburbs, Bucks County, which are largely Democratic districts. So at one point, he got up to maybe about 20. 22,000 dropped down to 20,000, but then the number just keeps climbing. And quite frankly, there are, there's projections that based on the amount of votes left by the time this is over, his, uh, Joe Biden's lead in Philadelphia, in, in Pennsylvania, I keep saying Philadelphia because that's where they're counting the votes. His lead in Pennsylvania could be as high as 80 to 100,000 because there is at least 100,000 votes left to count. And that's before you get to the, there's a set of votes that are mail-in ballots. They were postmarked by election day like they were supposed to, but they just arrived after election day. So those votes have to be segregated and it's set to the side. And I'll talk to talk about that in a moment. But the bottom line is because of the number of votes left, where they're coming from, and the trend that those particular votes from that area, both in person uh, and mail-in, are trending at about 80% to Biden, if there's another 100,000 of them, well, you do the math. So that's where they are in Pennsylvania. In Georgia, also surprising flip this morning, President Trump was no longer winning Georgia due to, again, the areas that I talked about last night in and around Atlanta, the Atlanta suburbs, um, uh, Fulton County, Cobb County, uh, all, I think Clayton, if I'm not mistaken, it, it flipped. It had flipped you thanks to the Herculean efforts of uh, individuals like Stacey uh, like Stacey Abrams, who is just a, a, an amazing, amazing uh, organizer and just silent but deadly with getting those votes out, and uh, mayor of Atlanta, but who was also a part of that team, Keisha Lance Bottoms. President Obama certainly went down there several times during the end, but again, uh, cannot say enough about the efforts of Stacey Abrams getting that vote out and showing Kemp you may have won the battle with the BS that you did to be secretary of state. So you're in charge of the elections yet running for governor against me and miraculously you win, but we're just going to handle this a totally different way. So, and that is what they were doing. So as of this morning out the gate, uh, the numbers had flipped and Joe Biden was winning Georgia by 1500 and by this evening, right before I came on the air, uh, he was still up around 4,000. They're moving a little bit slower there because I think what the votes that they are looking at now, um, I believe, are just their absentee. So things there are moving a bit slower. The Secretary of State has already announced that it, there, it's more than likely going to be, um, well, and, and probably just is going to be a recount because the margin that triggers an automatic recount, no matter what happens at this point, there's not enough votes, no matter who gets 
excuse me, there's not enough votes left to count no matter who gets them. That's going to clear the margin for um, it for them not triggering an automatic recount, not to mention the fact that if they didn't do it automatically, either candidate is within their rights to ask, which, of course, you know, the Trump uh, camp has already done. So that's fine. It is what it is. Um, Arizona has shrunk a bit, but uh, as of about 10 o'clock, Joe Biden was still ahead at about 32,000. Uh, Nevada has actually grown. The number in Nevada has grown to up over 20,000 ahead with Joe Biden. So he was already winning it. So it's gone up a bit. And North Carolina, it, with the number of votes left, I think that's that's uh, President Trump's is going to stay with him. I don't know why they won't just declare it and give it to him so that he at least won't still have 214 and maybe that'll calm him down a bit. No matter how it goes, he's pretty much boxed in. Uh, if Even if uh, the gap were to be closed in Arizona, Arizona only has six electoral votes. So, and they've got a ton of counting left, I think something like 140,000. Even if with that 140,000, whatever, however it came in, it shifted towards uh, President Trump. That's just six electoral votes. Okay, you give them North Carolina, which I believe may be like, I don't know, like maybe 16. And it just doesn't get him where he needs to be. Whereas if even without Georgia, if you were to give, uh, if you were to give Biden uh, Pennsylvania with that 20, he takes it because Fox is projecting him at 264 right now because they're in, including Arizona. CNN has uh, played a conservative and kept Joe Biden at 253 because they have not, well, they did declare Arizona and they took it back. But even at 253, you add that 20 from, um, you add that 20 from Pennsylvania and that's 273. So either 273 or 284, depending on who's counting, and uh, he still wins. It's just, you know, he may be a whole lot over 270 or just a little. So that's where the election is and the legal challenges are mounting. They're all over the place. The president's team did manage to get in front of the Supreme Court, sort of. Justice Alito did give him a decision, but it was no real victory. And, and I think it was just one of those things where his team wants to get in front of the Supreme Court. So they're just throwing anything out there to see what sticks. So they did get Justice Alito to render an opinion on the after election day ballots. And that is not as the Trump camp would like people to believe. It is not that those individuals voted after election day. It is that like several places, Pennsylvania's rule is as long as it is postmark before or on election day. So that's November 3rd. So it's postmark November 1st, 2nd, 3rd, October 31st, whatever, as long as it arrives within three days, because the mail's got to travel, it's got to do what it's got to do, then that vote counts. So he ruled that those votes need to be segregated, kept in a completely separate area and secured. You can count them if you want to, if you 
want to just have the account for efficiency purposes, that's on you. But they can't, but they must be segregated and not included in the count that they're doing now. But here's the thing. The Secretary of State of Pennsylvania had already said the day before the election that he was going to do that anyway. Now, of course, the Trump camp says, well, he said that, but it it wasn't like a hard and fast rule. It was more like an advisory that he sent out to the different precincts. So we wanted an actual ruling on it. Okay, so they have an actual rule on, ruling on it. Justice Alito uh, referred it to the full court um, for argument. I don't think it's going to matter because the... Pennsylvania Secretary of State never had an issue with it in the first place. So the only way it becomes a potential issue is if if the any of those counties did take that as more of an uh, as a note of advice as opposed to a mandate and and put the two votes together. But as the um the governor of Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf. Well, no, it wasn't the governor of Pennsylvania. I take that back. The senator. Senator from Pennsylvania was speaking to ABC News right before I came on the air. As he said, that amount is so small, like probably under 2,000 votes, that not that you don't want everybody's vote to be counted, but if they were to make that much of a big deal out of it and you were to throw that baby out with the bathwater, it still wouldn't matter. I mean, it would matter to the people whose votes didn't count, but it wouldn't matter in its impact on the election other than these false claims that there has been election fraud. Other than that, uh, for the most part, all the other challenges that the campaign has mounted on uh, President Trump's behalf have pretty much fallen short with the court because the reality of it is is that you can allege whatever you want, but once they get in, once those allegations get in front of the trier of fact, then you have to have proof. You can say that there's election fraud. I mean, you can say whatever the hell you want, but once you get into a courtroom, you have to actually prove that there was election fraud. You actually need to show some substantiation for the allegations that you're making. And so far, they have not been able to do that. And it's funny because even his homeboy, Chris Christie, who right now is part of the panel on ABC News, said, look, you know, because remember, he's been a part of Trump's team for a minute. In fact, he was his debate coach until he got Rona while at the White House recently. But even he said, look, you know, you can have a legal team all you want, but and your legal team needs to have a strategy. And that's fine, too. But the strategy has to be based on something. So if you are going to mount these challenges, then you have to have a strategy of mounting challenges that have some basis, not just in law, but in fact. 
because you can go and pull up an entire book. Now, this part is me saying it. You can go and pull up an entire book of election law and just literally go down the list of potential offenses state by state because every state's got different rules, which is a whole other problem. You can go state by state and say, based on Michigan's rules, this, this, and this was violated. Based on Pennsylvania's rules, this, this, and this was violated. From a federal standpoint, this was violated as a whole. Um, you know, voter suppression, this and that and the third. You can do all of that. And that's fine, okay? Because now you've, you've found some laws and you're like, okay, so the, these are the legal principles upon which we're going to make these arguments. That's fine. But where's your facts? This is the law. We're alleging this law was violated. And it was violated because this person was supposed to and they didn't, or that person did XYZ and it kept this particular thing from happening. Whatever it is, you have to be able to back it up. And that's that seems to be what the Trump camp is struggling with right now because we're getting a lot of flash without the substance or rather the court's getting a lot of flash without the substance. That's not to say that they won't come up with something that may stick to a wall long enough to at least get them in court and force the Biden camp or if not the Biden camp, then whichever election board of whatever county or whatever state um, they accuse of certain offenses. I'm sure it'll happen. If you've got some of the best legal minds in the country working on this stuff, I have absolute faith in my fellow barristers that they will come up with something that will get them some standing in front of a judge somewhere, maybe even in front of the Supreme Court. But is it going to overthrow an entire election when the will of the people is making itself known, especially as the numbers continue to climb? Let's not even talk about the separation between them and the popular vote. I mean, at this point, you know, to Trump's credit as well, both of them have received numbers higher than, you know, anybody before them. And we can take that for what it is. But even with those records being broken, one person still has more than the other. And when all the dust clears, that separation is going to be somewhere around, based on the trends and what the numbers look like right now, that separation is going to be somewhere around about 4 million. That's a lot, not to mention breaking it down state by state. So... It, it, it's going to be an interesting finish and maybe even in a state or two, what may even be described as a photo finish, but that does not make the election and who wins it any less legit considering that we had a president for two terms who in their first term 
became president by a margin of a mere 500 votes in Florida and did not have the popular vote. And I'm speaking of the debacle with Bush and Gore. As those of us who lived through that will know with the chads and the hanging chads and all of that nonsense, that case was decided by the Supreme Court and the separation between the two individuals was a mere 500 and some change in Florida with the person who the ruling was in favor of, George W. Bush, not even being the winner of the overall popular vote, which was Al Gore. Now, of course, we know that we go with the Electoral College, so that part is what it is, is in the Constitution, and we're stuck with that unless there is literally a constitutional amendment to change it. But, um, you know, elections have been decided on much smaller margins and not with, and, and by only one state being at issue, whereas here you have multiple states. And the reality of it is, is that whether it's Trump or Biden, this isn't going to be necessarily decided because it comes down to one state. One of them is going to get multiple states. And at this point, it looks like it's going to be Joe Biden. So this is not like it's going to be 269, 269, and there's tiebreaker. Chances are, if the trends continue as they are, Joe Biden is going to finish with, it could possibly even finish with as many as uh, Trump had last election with Hillary Clinton, with at least 300 or more electoral votes. Despite, and, and not only the electoral votes, but unlike Trump and Hillary, the electoral votes and the popular vote, which we didn't even have in the last election. So it's going to be a, a quite an interesting few days because you have places like, I can't remember, it's Nevada or Arizona, Nevada, who gave people until the 10th to get their ballots in. And there's, I think Georgia hasn't even started counting the overseas military and all of that. I, in fact, I think they were still waiting on that. Uh, when I watched their press conference, I think they're still waiting on that package to be dropped off. I guess it's the stuff each of these things is housed in a certain area in order to, and in order to, which is understandable, of course, and in order to maintain the integrity and security of the items, they come at a certain clip so that you can keep track of them. So there is those votes. So like I said, Georgia is trying to move through them. I don't think they're, that's going to be an issue, but I do think that they are going to go into the weekend, but Nevada, hopefully it won't even come down to worrying about them because they they gave people until the 10th to get votes in, which means that no matter what the trend looks like, I mean, the media may project a winner, but um, their uh, commissioner of elections or whatever, their secretary of state is not going to certify that election until at least the 10th, because if they do, that would basically be undermining their own process. 
and and I get that and that just wouldn't be fair and once again that sends a bad message to the citizens in your area about one man one vote and that your vote really does count and now it really doesn't considering that you gave them until next week but maybe that's something you got to think about as uh, elections move forward and we move um into more we move further into different ways of voting as opposed to the same old just showing up and dropping it off on election day because as you all may know if you're a regular listener of uh, a regular listener of mine you know how much i love the drive-through voting in virginia covid or not that better stay forever that 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 thing is just the truth so <laughs> um so that's all I have for tonight. Again, like I said last night, but it didn't happen. So I'm not lying to you. It just didn't come up. If anything changes tonight, a winner's declared, speeches made, any of that, because they were looking for Joe Biden to make a speech. For all I know, he may have made one while I've been on with you, but he wasn't expected to click to declare himself the winner because um, that just hasn't happened. But um, if anything else happens, I'll certainly be on. So good night. Thank you once again for hanging with me. As always, please follow me on all social media platforms at Let's Be Honest. JJ, that's L-E-T-S-H-O-N-E-S-T-J-J as in just Jonda. Also in the info box, you will find where you can join our group on Facebook at Fashion and Drama Diaries, where we talk about some fun stuff. I've posted some fun stuff today and of course we get into it uh not even necessarily talking about politics but talking about pop culture and gossip and all of that stuff and um you can follow me on all social media platforms if you have apple itunes or amazon please go on rate subscribe leave me comments and as it relates to my social media please leave me comments uh in my dms particularly if there is a topic or issue you'd like me to discuss because as always if you're thinking about it and want to talk about it i'm probably thinking about it and want to talk about it with you so let's be honest together have a great night